Welcome to our special class on Chassidus in honor of the holiday of Shavuot. This class is based on a beautiful Chassidic discourse of the Rebbe. The Rebbe said on Shavuot in the year Tavshin Chavtes, 51 years ago. It was certified and edited by the Rebbe in Tavshin Nun 30 years ago. And it's a beautiful class on Kabbalah about, about Shavuot where the Rebbe speaks about the power that the relationship that we have with Hashem through Torah and through learning Torah, we can experience real freedom in this world. So the Rebbe begins the, the Hasidic discourse based on the opening verse of the Ten Commandments where God says, God speaks all these words and as an opinion, all these words was the, actually the whole Torah was in, the, in that first verse. How we can speak we, whatever word we say, we say. Hashem could be, within one verse, has the whole Torah in there in a magical way. Later on, he had to spell it out so we can comprehend it. But the last word in the verse says, Lamer. So the question is asked, a simple question. At Mount Sinai, all the Jewish people were there. People of that generation, future generations, until Mashiach comes. Every soul was there. Lamer means to tell them. Tell who? If everybody's there, you don't have to lame or tell them. So what does lamer mean? So the Rebbe brings three understandings on lamer. The first understanding of lamer is what Hashem is saying is lamer. Meaning to say is, any time in the future, after Matan Torah, when you sit down to learn Torah, whether it's the Chumash, whether it's the Prophets, whether it's the Writings, whether it's Medrash, Kabbalah, Zoyer, whatever you're learning, lamer, Hashem says, I'm going to sit and learn with you. That means a Jew is never learning on its own. You always have a study partner. Lamar, Hashem is learning with you. Sit down and learn, Hashem is learning with you. Wherever you are and whenever you are. That's the first understanding of Lamar. The second understanding of Lamar is that Lamar, just like at Mount Sinai was all the great revelation and all the great light and energy of Hashem, every time you study Torah, you draw in that power of revelation of the initial revelation of Mount, of Mount Torah. And the third understanding of Lamar is that just like when Hashem gave the Ten Commandments, it changed the world. How did it change the world? Because the Ten Commandments went into the Ten Utterances that Hashem used to create the world, and the whole world was elevated. It became a whole new spiritual godly world based on the Ten Commandments going into the Ten Utterances. So, the, the, so what Lamer Hashem is saying is that every single time we learn Torah, our Torah, our godly energy that we're creating by learning Torah goes into the world, and we actually elevate and transform the world. So to recap, what are the three understandings of Lamer? One is when we learn Torah, Hashem is going to learn with us. Number two is that when we learn Torah, we're drawing in the initial energy. And number three is that when we learn Torah, we can affect and change the world, just like Hashem changed the world at Matan Torah. The Rebbe brings from a Hasidic discourse from the Rebbe Marash, the fourth Chabad Rebbe, and the Rebbe Marash brings a Yalkut, which is a Medrash, that says that at Mount Sinai, every single person that was there felt like Hashem was talking to him personally. It wasn't just a, a speech and either applied to you or didn't apply to you. Everyone was able to resonate in a personal way what Hashem was saying to them. That's what the Yalkut says. Then the Rebbe Rosh brings a Medrash that says, not only did everyone feel like Hashem was talking to them personally, but he was actually talking to them specifically based on who they are, based on their age. So the Rebbe explains what's the difference. 
So the Yalkut is saying is everyone, everyone felt like Hashem was talking to them. That's every soul felt like they, Hashem was there for them. The Medrash is adding not only the soul felt it, but the body felt it. Because the difference of age, older, younger, that's a, that's a physical thing. Not a spiritual thing. A spiritual thing, there's, there's no age. It, the soul doesn't get older. The soul is a soul. It's part of God. So on every single level, it was personalized. So the question is, how is it that it was so personalized that everyone felt that Shem was talking to them and based on their age, appropriate level? So there he brings from uh, King David in Psalms, he says, a verse, Adnai bom sinai bakoidesh, which means, Adnai, the, uh, the, referring to Hashem, a lower level of Hashem, is bom in every single angel. Sinai, a mountain, Sinai bakoidesh, we have a very, very higher level of Hashem within us. As we all know, for example, the angels, Michael. What's the last two letters of Michael? Aleph Lamed, the name of Hashem, Kael. Riphael, what's the last two letters? Aleph Lamed, the name of Hashem. Gabriel, the last two letters, Aleph Lamed, and so on and so forth. Every single one of the angels have Hashem's name embedded with them. And because Hashem's name is embedded within them, they're humble to Hashem. Hashem is with them. Hashem is in their name in a revealed way. We have Hashem within us. What type of Hashem? Not only Kael, Adonai, but Bakoidesh, Yudke Vavke is within us. So because Yudke Vavke is within us, therefore we feel like Hashem is actually talking to us unto the level we are. And if our, our humility, our humbleness for Hashem is obviously much greater and much more powerful. And Rabbi explains that the truth is that because the by the angels it's a lower level of personal involvement, so therefore the humility obviously is much lower. However, with us it says Anoichi Hashem Alokecha. Anoichi Hashem Alokecha means what's Alokecha? Who's our Hashem? The Yud Vavke is within us, which is a much higher level of Yud Vavke, much prior of Hashem, and therefore obviously we experience what a greater bittel, a greater humility for Hashem. So because we experience the great humility of Hashem, therefore we feel like Hashem is talking to us um, on a personal level. But now that I was going to explain beautifully on a spiritual level and on a physical level how Hashem is really part of our life. So first the Rebbe starts off from a Kabbalistic level and he says like this. We know, Anoichi Hashem Alekecha, that Alekecha, who's our personal God? Yud Vavke. Yud Vavke is made up of four letters. Yud, Hey, Vav, and Hey. Yud, the little dot, resembles in the world of the Sfirot, we all are made up of Sfirot, is the Chachma. Chachma is a, a flash of an idea, a thought, which is connected to Yud. That means when we have flashes of ideas, we have thoughts, we call it Chachma. Oh, I have an idea. But what's the power behind Chachma? It's the Yud of God's name. Or, for example, once we have an idea and we want to develop it, and we think it, and we analyze it, and we discuss it in our brain, that's all part of Bina. Bina means we understand something, we comprehend the fact that we understand that Hashem is even part of us. That all comes from Bina. That is what? That's the hey of Hashem's name. As you see, the hey is more expansive. Then you have the vav, which is the emotions. We all have emotions. Chesed, Gevura, Tiferes, Netzach, Choy, Yesoid, all our emotions that drive us of who we are emotionally. That comes from the Vav of Hashem. And then we have the last hey, which is Yira, to be in awe of Hashem, Kabbalah soil, accepting Hashem's yoke. On, this, on the sphere, it's actually called Malchus, and that is who we are. So in other words, our whole spiritual makeup, Chachma, Bina, the intellect, emotions, Malchus, all for Hashem, all comes from the Yud Kei of Hashem, and that's how it plays out in our spiritual psyche. But the Underberg goes a step further and he says like this, 
the yud k vav k is even if you structurally on a physical level. Why? Because the yud is a little dot that resembles our head. We're going to go back to the hay in a second. The vav is our body, long part of our body. The first hay is our five fingers on each one of our hands, and you're gonna say it's 10. We'll get back to that in one moment. And then our feet is also the last hay is another five. But the question is, how do you get to 10? So in Kabbalah, there's something which is called milui. That means every word, you have the word, the letter, and then you have the letter the way it's spelled out. Let's say, for example, Aleph. Aleph, we all know, is the first letter in the alphabet. But if you, if you, why is it called Aleph? It should be A. But the answer is called Aleph. Why? Because the revealed part is the A, the Aleph part. But in there, you have concealed the Lamed and the Fe. You don't write, every time you write an Aleph, Aleph, Lamed, Fe, you just write Aleph. But in the melee, when you fill it out, the energy behind the Aleph, there's a 30 and there's an 80 and so on and so forth. A hey, and there's different ways to fill it out. A hey can be filled out, a hey, 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 Aleph, but we're going to go for right now, hey, hey. So a hey is just one letter hey. But if you fill it out, it's a hey, hey. So when you have hey, hey filled out, so you have five, one hand, five the other hand. And if you have hey, hey for the feet, so you have five on one foot and five on the other foot. So again, just to recap, the yud is the head, the hey filled out, one hand and the other hand, that's one hey. Vav is the body, and the second hey is the two feet, the two, the, uh, the, the, toenail, the fingernails on the both feet, and then you have what? The double hey. But the question is, What's the whole idea of this, the filling out? If it's he- and we know according to Kabbalah because the, re- the whole idea of filling out is because there's revealed energy and there's concealed energy. What's more powerful? Reveal the concealed. Obviously, the concealed is more powerful because if it's so powerful, you can't reveal it. So in the letter hay, so you have the revealed part of the hay and you have the concealed part of the hay. There's two components. So in order to get godly energy into every part of our body, up until our, our, our fingers and our hands and our, to- and, our, and our fingers and our toenails and our feet, you have to bring out the concealed part. So here you see that not only is Hashem, Yud Vavke in our Chach, as we said before, Chachma Bina, emotions and, and, and uh, years Hashem, but it's also in our physical body, our head, our body, in our hands, but not only is the Yudke Vavke part of us, but even the concealed part of the Yudke is also part of who we are. So this powerful Yudke Vavke is within us. Now when you think for a moment, when you use your being and you think, wow, Hashem himself is part of my spiritual psyche, as we the first part that Yisli wrote, Hashem creates our physical psyche, so then, you sit down to learn Torah, and what did we say before, that when you learn Torah, Hashem, the first interpretation, Hashem is learning with you. How does it come from Hashem is learning with you? And the answer is because Hashem said in the Ten Commandments, Anoichi, Hashem Aleikecha, I am your God, not just I'm your God sitting up in heaven. No, no, I am your God, your whole physical being. All your spherot, your physical body, that is me. That's me giving you energy. And when a person thinks for a moment, the way Anoichi is Hashem Alakecha, the way Hashem Alakecha, that's who I am. Hashem is there that created me. Hashem is whole part of my spiritual being. Hashem is my physical being. And when a person feels that, you go into a state of bittal. You become humbled for Hashem. Think for a moment. If you realize that what 
Hashem is your God. Not Hashem, some king out there in some castle far away that we can't sit, relate to. No, no, no. Hashem is a personalized God. My Chachma, I wouldn't have Chachma without the Yud. I wouldn't be able to understand things without the Hey. I wouldn't have my emotions without the Vav. I wouldn't be able to be accepting without the, the last Hey. My physical head I wouldn't have without the Yud. My body without the Vav. I wouldn't have my hands and my feet without the Hey and the revealed and concealed Hey. So you go into a state of humility. You come, you stop becoming humbled. So when you sit down and learn Torah, with that introduction of a Noichi Hashem Elokecha, not this superior God with all the Kabbalistic insights, very practical, that me, Elokecha, my God, what is my God? My whole being is Yudke Vavke, you're humbled. And then you literally, when you're learning Torah, you're learning Torah in a personal way with Hashem. And because you're learning Torah with a personal way of Hashem, and Hebrew it's actually called the idea of bittel, then Hashem actually responds to you. So in other words, lamer, when we say the first understanding of lamer means that when we sit and learn Torah, Hashem is actually saying what we're saying, that comes because we meditated on Anoichi Hashem Alakecha, and we become humbled. And then Hashem naturally responds back to us. And then what happens is the greatest part of Hashem Elokecha comes down into the most physical, lowest parts that we have, literally in our fingers, of our hands and our feet. Hashem is literally part of every, every part of us. Now this idea of Lamar, which basically is two components. One is our humility when we realize the way Hashem is part of us. And B, the way Hashem comes down into this world is really connected to the other two interpretations of Lamer. In other words, Hashem's energy comes down within us. Why? Because we recognize that He's within us, which He is. And the Torah has an effect on the world. Because you see, it has effect. My whole existence is thanks to Hashem. So you really see that all the, all the, three, all the three are connected on just on the beginning, on, on a simple level. So now we're going to go into and talk about the, the most important impact that God created when he gave us a Torah at Mount Sinai, which we see clearly there's three impacts that God made in the world and three things that drastically changed at Mount, Mount Sinai when God gave us the Torah. There's three components. We're going to talk first about Hashem as the giver of the Torah. Because notice at Mount Torah, there was the giver. Hashem gave us the Torah. So what does it say when Hashem gave us the Torah? It says, Anoichi. Anoichi. In other words, Anoichi means I, my essence. Anoichi, my essence. We all know the Anoichi is made up of four letters. Aleph, Nun, Chaf, Yud. It stands for Ano, Nafshi, Ksavis, Yahavis. That I, myself, gave myself over in the Torah. Not a thought, an idea, the wisdom of Hashem. No, no, no. Hashem himself, in the word of Kabbalah, it's called the Atzmius of Hashem, the essence of Hashem, was given himself over into the Torah. Or as the Medrash says, Hashem says, I sold you my Torah. You know what happened when I sold you my Torah? I got sold with it. Not only I sold you my Torah, I sold you myself. So in other words, the first thing that happened at Mount Sinai was Hashem himself 
put himself in the Torah. That means Hashem himself is with us. So the Torah, what happened to Matan Torah from Hashem perspective, up until Matan Torah, Hashem, it was Chachmas Hashem. It was a, the intellect of Hashem, the wisdom of Hashem. The patriarchs learned Torah, the wisdom of Hashem. Matan Torah, it's Hashem himself. That's in terms of the first component. There's a second thing that happened to Matan Torah. We, Bnei Yisrael, became the recipients of the Torah. What happened when we became the recipients of the Torah? So Hashem said, I'm giving you the Torah, and now you're to learn the Torah, and you're to decide with your physical intellect, you're supposed to learn the Torah, comprehend the Torah, and you're supposed to come up with rulings that apply in your life, and that's why we have a whole idea of, of a rabbi and a bedin to come up with rulings, that we have to know what Hashem really wants, and Hashem gave us that power. And we all know the Talmud, there's many, many stories where two rabbis had a fight, and they wanted to bring in heavenly voices to show their right, and the answer was, no, you can't use any heavenly spiritually voices. What what does it say in the Torah? How do you comprehend it? You have to prove it logically. Because Hashem wants us to use our mind and become partners with Hashem in the Torah. Or as the famous line in the Torah, Hashem says, Nitzchunai bonei nitzchuni. Hashem wants us to be successful and to, to, to learn Torah in the way that we understand it and we participate in its dissemination and applying it in our lives. So that's the second component of Matan Torah. That Hashem gave us the power that we could, God forbid, not change the Torah. There's 630 commandments. You can add, you can subtract. But we can comprehend how it applies. A lot of the things in the Torah, we don't know how it applies today. So we have to sit and study to figure out how it applies. But God forbid not to add or take off in the Torah. That's not the power that Hashem gave us. He, gave, he says clearly in the Torah, Loi Saisif, don't add. Or Loi Sigur, don't take off. The 613, that stays. And you can't add and you can't take off. But how it apply, applies in modern modern times, that's something which we could and we should do. So that's a sec that's the second component of Torah that happened. That Hashem gave us the power and empowered us to learn the Torah and to comprehend the Torah and to transform our lives based on the Torah. And the third the third thing that that, that happened in Matan Torah is that the, there's a, there was a change in the Torah itself. In other words, when Hashem says, for example. In, one, in the Ten Commandments, don't, God forbid, don't, uh, don't kill, don't steal, don't cheat. So that's a commandment. It's a decree from Hashem. But also it's a promise. And it also affects the world in a real way. That the world should follow the Torah. So the world becomes a Torah place. Because the Torah could be abstract ideas. The power of Torah is that became real. And therefore, therefore, after the Torah was given, when we sit down, and we learn Torah. So we learn, for example, this is kosher. This is not kosher. This, uh, you have to give tithing. This, you don't have to give tithing. Whatever the rules that we're learning, we're literally taking the world. As we know, the world is mixed up with Kedusha, holiness, and klipot, and we're separating. We're saying this is godly energy. This is not necessarily, this is not godly energy. This is in, in between. Sometimes we're able to elevate and sometimes not. So the Torah itself was given in a way that we're able to transform and, 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 and transform and elevate the world by learning Torah. Or, for example, by doing a mitzvah. Because what happens when you do a mitzvah, take, for example, you have a piece of hide. 
A piece of hide is a piece of hide. It's neutral. But what happens if you bring it to a scribe and he works it out and he writes a mezuzah or tefillin, that becomes a holy object. And we all know that once you make a mezuzah out of something, even it becomes disqualified. Let's say some ink came off. You can't just throw it in the garbage. You have to bury it. So there's three components that happen in Matan Torah. One is Hashem himself got invested in the Torah. Number two is that we have the power to, to, to learn and to teach and to apply the Torah. And the three, that the Torah has the power to change the world in a big way. And based on this, the Rebbe explains, we all know the, the, from, uh, from King Solomon, this famous book called The Song of Songs. So in the beginning of uh, the book Song of Songs, the first day it says like this, which means that there's the concept of reyach, a fragrance. We refer to the song of a, we praise the Torah as a fragrance, and then we we talk about the Torah the way it's shem and that oil. So, in other words, the explain chesedut and Rabbi explains it here that reyach is represents the way the avos, the patriarchs and the matriarchs observe the Torah till the Torah was given was like fragrance. And once we receive the Torah, it goes under the category, what, of shemen, of oil. In other words, like this. So take, for example, we spoke about three ideas. We'll work backwards a little bit. The last idea we spoke about, that there's the difference of Torah before God gave us the Torah at Mount Sinai, the way the patriarchs observed the Torah. And then there's the Torah after Mount Sinai, the way we keep it now after God gave us the Torah. What's the difference? Before God gave us a Torah, so it's called, we said before that the patriarchs is like a reyach, a fragrance. After Matan Torah, it's like Shemin. And we're going to see three different components to that the way it relates to the Torah, the Jewish people, and Hashem. So before Matan Torah, when they studied Torah, it was like, it was, it was like reyach. Meaning to say is it didn't really affect the real world in a physical way. They studied and all right, next thing. They did a mitzvah, and next thing. For example, they can put on tefillin, and afterwards the tefillin you can dispose in the garbage. It didn't permeate into, the, into it. However, what happened with, 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 after the Torah was given? The Torah becomes um, permeated in the world, and for example, if you do a physical mitzvah, you, it, it, it adapts to holiness, like shemen. So in other words, reyach is just a fragrance. Shemen is the essence itself. So the Torah, the, in reference to the Torah, before the Torah was given, it just... A fragrance means it doesn't penetrate into the world. Versus after the Torah is given, it actually uh, affects the world in a real way. That is one example of the idea between fragrance and shaman in re- relation to the Torah. But then you have the second idea of fragrance and oil in reference to the Jewish people. What's the difference? In other words, when you have a reyach, when you smell, let's say, a scent... It doesn't take away from its original place. This, the the, the uh, oil stays there, and you scented it very nice. What happens if you take the oil and you put it into another bottle? It's not in the first place. So before Matan Torah, before Matan Torah, when the um, when 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 the, when a patriarchs learned Torah, there was a sham. There was down here. They couldn't affect anything into the world. What happens after? So it was like a fragrance. After Matan Torah, the Torah left the heaven and it came down here. Heaven doesn't have any more power over the Torah. 
And it was to learn and to, and to, and to adapt the rules. If you want to know what the halacha is in this world, you can't say, oh, let me go ask in heaven. Let me go ask, uh, you know, the, the spirits. No, it was handed over to this world. Just like Shemin, it doesn't exist there. It exists here. So the Torah doesn't exist in a high, I mean, it exists on a higher level, but not in terms of being able to adapt it, understand it in a real way. Only, it only happens down here. That's the second idea of Reach and Shemin in reference to what? To B'nai Yisrael. The third idea is that, in reference to Hashem, in other words, like this. When you take a, uh, uh, something and you, and, you, and you sniff it, you have an aroma, what happens after all with the aroma? If you stop sniffing it, it goes away. However, what happens if you take Shemin and you put it on you? It's going to stay with you. It doesn't go away. In other words, like this. Before Martin Torah, you can, the, 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 the uh, Hashem was not permeated into the world. They smelled Hashem, they had a relationship with Hashem, it felt good, it felt great. But Hashem was not transforming into the world in a real way. After Martin Torah, we have Hashem Himself in this world. So when we learn Torah and we do a mitzvah, what happens, Hashem becomes part of us in this world. So you see the way the three levels of Hashem the way he comes in this world, and the Torah, the way it changes the world. And we have the power, is all connected to the interesting medrash about the difference between oil and the fragrance of um, the, way it's, the, way, the way it's brought down in, in, uh, in Shir Hashirim. But now, we're going to go into a, um, a deeper understanding of these three levels of Hashem, the Torah, and the Bnei Yisrael, what happened in Matan Torah. So what happens like this. When God gave us the Torah, so what did Hashem say? Anoichi Hashem Aleikecha. That means, and we said before, Anoichi, Anon Nashik Savis Yehavis, which means Hashem, not Chachma of Hashem, not the light of Hashem, the Atzmutz of Hashem was drawn down into this world. The essence of Hashem. And that relates to not only the essence of Hashem is drawn down to the world, but the essence of Hashem is actually in the Torah and in B'nai Yisrael. In other words, like this. Let's start with Hashem first. Anoichi Hashem alakecha. Means say is what part of Hashem? Not Hashem alakecha. Anoichi, the essence, the atom of Hashem came down to this world. Now, Torah, in order for it to make an impact in the world, you bring Torah into the world. Is Torah impacting the world? It's a book. Rules has an impact the world because in the Torah, it's not just the Torah is Hashem, the Chachm of Hashem. The Atzmos, the essence of Hashem is in the Torah. Now, since the essence of Hashem in the Torah is in the Torah, and what's the essence of the world? Also Hashem. The world that we see, it's called Oilam. Oilam means concealment. But what's behind the concealment? Hashem. But the essence of Hashem is in the world. We don't see it. We see concealment. The essence of the Torah is Hashem. So when you learn Torah, the essence of Hashem in the world, you actually have the power to transform the world because the essence of Hashem is in the Torah. That essence is in the world, and if you're able to transform the world. How do we go about doing that? Because Hashem gave us the power through Torah that when we learn Torah, we reveal our essence, which our essence is a part of Hashem. And that's why Hashem is not Noichi Hashem Elokecha, we, what do we have within us? As we mentioned already before, Yudke Vavke is within us. And not only the, reveal, the, the, the revealed part of Hashem, the concealed part, the atzmas of Hashem is within us. And not only the Rebbe says that possible that the essence of Hashem that's revealed within us is maybe higher than the essence of Hashem that's revealed in the Torah. So 
to tie it all together, the essence of Hashem comes down to this world. The essence of Hashem is in the Torah. The essence of Hashem is within us. So when you take all these three that have the essence of Hashem, it means that you have us. When we come to the table with our essence, we're not distracted with externalities, and we learn Torah, Torah is Hashem, that the essence of Hashem is in there, what do we do? We reveal the essence of Hashem Himself, and that causes the greatest powerful change in the world. Now, how do we create that environment? What did we just learn? When we sit down, we, our essence, comes to the table, and we take out the essence of the Torah, and we reveal the essence of Hashem, we change the world in a very powerful way. So how do we go about doing that? And the Rebbe says the key to changing the world by learning Torah and doing mitzvot is obviously by connecting to the essence. But how do you connect to the essence? And here's the key. I'll say it in Hebrew and I'll translate. It's called bitl. When a person is able to put himself, the self part, out of the way, we will draw down the essence of Hashem in everything that we're doing. Now, the Rebbe says that the fact is, one second, we all know that the patriarchs also had, had bitl, had humility. So how come they weren't able to draw down the essence of Hashem? And the Rebbe explains very, very simple. Because it's true. The patriarchs had bitl. And we all know Abraham's famous statement. What did Abraham say? V'anoichi offer ve'efer. I am but dust and asses. I'm nobody. Which is true. A very high level of humility. But because he's a human being, so what kind of level of, of humility can he reach to? Wherever, wherever a human can reach. And therefore when he said, So he said, I'm like dust and ashes. But is dust and ashes a something? 100% is something. It's obviously, it's a very, very low level. It's a very level of, it's a high level of humility. But offer is still something. There's still something that exists. He didn't say, I'm not here. I am offer, I'm something. Close to nothing. A tree, take a big tree, you burn it down, but you still have with something. However, when we learn Torah, it's not we're connecting to the essence of Hashem. Or for example, as the Rebbe used the term, like Moshe Rabbeinu saying, what did Moshe Rabbeinu say? Moshe Rabbeinu said, V'nachnu, we are Ma. Ma means nothing. Now, how do you get to the level of V'nachnu Ma? What's our connection to V'nachnu Ma? So the Rebbe explains that um, Ma is if you count the, the Ma is made up of two letters. Mem is 40, and Hey is 5. Mem and Hey is 5. 40, so it's 45. Now, <clears throat> what did Hashem say when he gave us a Torah? Anoichi Hashem Elokecha. I am God, your God. Now, Yud Kei Vav is made up of Yud, which is 10, Hey, which is 5, Vav, which is 6, and Hey, which is another 5 which is total of 26. But we already mentioned before, there's something which is called a miloi, where every letter is filled out. Now, there's different ways you can fill out a letter. There's a letter you can fill out with an aleph, you can fill it out with a hey, with a yud, and so on and so forth. But we're going to take, what's the smallest letter? What's the most humblest letter? Which represents Hashem, aleph. So if you take yud, hey, vav, hey, and wherever we can fill it out, we're going to use an aleph. 
as a milui. Let's watch and see what number we get to. So yud is one way to spell, fill it out. This yud is 10, vav is 6, and dalit is 4. So the letter yud, 10, 6, 4, you have 20. Now, hey, before we filled it out with a hey, but we're using now a lower number because we want to have humility. We're going to use one. So hey and aleph is how much? Is five and one is six. So we have a 20 and we have a six. Vav, if you fill it out, so it's vav is six, and we're going to put an aleph, and we're going to put a vav. So six, six is 12, and aleph is one is 13. So we have 20, we have six, and we have 13. And then we have the last hay, which we're going to fill out with an aleph also. So we have hay and aleph is six. So let's take the numbers. 20, 6, 13, and 6. What do we get? We get 45. So the yud kei anoichi Hashem, yud kei with the aleph, is 45. So when you listen to the Ten Commands and Hashem says, anoichi Hashem, and we connect to what? To the Yud Kevavke, the way it's filled out with an olive. You have Ma, you have Bittel. And when you have Bittel, when you have humility, then you're able to connect to the Atmos, the essence of Hashem. And then your essence comes out. And then the essence of the Torah comes out. And then you can go ahead and transform and change the world. So again, here's key. Because the key to bring out Atmos within yourself is by being bottle, by being humbled. The key, the key to connecting to Hashem, so Atzmus, is also by being humble. And to connect to the Atzmus of the Torah, you need to have the humility. So we need not the humility of Abraham, we need the ability of Moshe, how, how do we get to Mot? By the Yud Kei with the Aleph, which is the first letter. So just think of, of as an Aleph, as it's number one, stick it into the fact that Yud Kei that's who we are. As we mentioned before, Chachma, Bina, emotions, and our Yira, or our head, our body, our hands, and we fuse the Aleph within there, we'll experience humility. We'll experience humility, we'll bring out the Atmos of Hashem. And when we learn Torah on that level, we'll be able to transform the world in a very, very powerful way. So Rabbi continues on to say that these three revolutionary ideas which is the way God revealed himself in Matan Torah, the way the Bnei Yisrael and the Torah, that's all connected to Atzma. So we'll go through each one. <clears throat> what happened in Matan Torah? Hashem himself, the Atzmas of Hashem, was revealed. And when the essence of Hashem is revealed, that means we, what means revealed? We feel it. We feel Hashem, that He, we, who are we? We are Hashem. Hashem's energy causes us to live spiritually and physically. That causes us to be humbled. So when we're humbled, then what do we do? When we learn Torah, Hashem responds. So the, the, the fact that Hashem revealed Himself totally, that causes us to be humble, that's the first understanding of what? Of Lamer, that when we learn Torah on a level of humility, Hashem will learn with us. When the second understanding is that when the Bnei Yisrael reach a level where we're connected to the essence of Hashem, so we're able, and we give rulings the way it's spoke, we're in line with what Hashem wants, and Hashem says, Nitzchunai boni Nitzchunai, 
So that's when Hashem repeats what we're saying. Why? Because Hashem is saying what we're saying. And then the third level is when um, the idea that the Torah is the one that make has an impact in the world, that's the same idea where we say Lamer that the Ten Commandments affects what the Ten Utterances. And here the Rebbe finishes off very, very powerfully and very beautifully, and he says like this, that this is what the meaning when the Talmud says, the famous passage in the Talmud says as follows, You want to be free? Means free means physically free, spiritually free, emotionally free. You want to experience real chayrus, real freedom? Learn Torah. The question is why? Why is Torah so powerful that when you're learning Torah, you feel freedom? And the Rebbe says, very simple. Because what happens when you learn Torah? When you learn Torah, Hashem is learning with you. You're drawing down the godly light of Hashem. You're behaving in a way of bittal. You're connected to the atmosphere of Hashem, which brings down powerful light into every part of yourself and every part into your world. So what you're doing is you're changing the world. When you're really learning Torah the way you should learn Torah, with all the proper meditations like we gave in this class, you are changing the world. Now, if you're busy changing the world, the world can't affect you. So based on this, Rebbe explains, you want to be free? Be busy changing the world. If you're changing the world, the world can't have an effect on you. And that will give you the greatest freedom. And the Rebbe says, once you experience your freedom by learning Torah, will God willing uh, uh, achieve and merit the global freedom, which is the global redemption of Mashiach very soon in our times. So this Hasidic discourse is one of the most beautiful Hasidic discourse which should inspire us as we're getting ready to Shuas to rededicate ourselves to learn Torah, not only to learn Torah, God forbid, as an academic, but to learn Torah that's Torah Hashem, connect to the, at, the, the atmos of Hashem that's in the Torah, prepare ourselves in a way of bittal, come with a humility and realize that Hashem gave us the biggest gift. We'll all experience the greatest freedom every time we study Torah. Hashem will be with us whenever we do. And if Hashem is with us, we'll, we'll have the greatest happiness and the greatest success in everything that we do. I want to wish you all, we should have a Chag HaShvot, we should celebrate Shvot, B'Simcha, with real joy, because there's no greater joy than being with Hashem, or Pneumius, the Torah should be internalized within us, and internalized in the, in the world, and as Jeremy finished off, when we experience our freedom, God willing, Hashem will give us the greatest freedom, we'll all merit the revelation, and experiencing Mashiach in our times right now.